Five. Four, three, two, one. Four, three, two, one, guys. Good morning. Oh, I forgot to put my slippers on so my toes can be warm. You guys didn't need to know that. This thing's crooked now. There. Good morning. It is um, Thursday night for us. Friday morning for you guys. Yep. We are here at our house. Yepers. In our living room. In front of the cross wall. And in front of the fish tank. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like a fish. Somebody, who was it? Said that the tank looks small. And I De said, La Garza. Was it? And I said, no, 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 no. After that. Oh, I don't know. And I said, this is a 75 gallon tank. Yeah, it's actually and pretty you're, big. And you're like, oh. It looks bigger when you're here. 75 gallons. Think about it's that. It's just that our heads look really big compared to the tank. You know those big five-gallon jugs you get? Yeah. 15 of those. It's a lot. 15 of those big boys. Wow. Wowzers. Why is it like there? Because usually the, the Jesus one shows. And then you get mad because I barely moved like this way. And then you don't want me to be all up in your way. Seriously, David? <laughs> I'm just you're, saying. You're doing it again. Stop. I bet you if you look at the last 200 videos. Okay, fix it. No, 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 look. No, fix it. See that big cross, the one Louis made? Oh my God, stop. You're being irrational. You're being irrational. See that cross that Louis made? I can see it with my peepers. I guarantee you, if you go back two, three hundred videos, you can see it on every one. I don't see nothing. All of a sudden. I don't see nothing. It ain't good enough. All of a sudden. Okay, okay. fix it. No, it's fine. No, fix it. No. Fix it. So, guys. No. <laughs> Thursday night. Where? Where? I don't know where exactly, but all I know is we can see the cross. Now it feels like it's sideways. And then you get mad because I barely move this way and you're all you're out of the picture. You don't barely move. You straight up slump out of it like this. Yeah, let's just do our videos like this now. Maybe all we'll right. get maybe. Maybe we'll get more views like this. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I guarantee you we're gonna get thirty maybe. subscribers now. Maybe. Maybe we'll get two thumbs down. Yeah, so we're gonna talk about the scriptures today. Let's do it. And this is the right and left shoulder episode. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. What? He always wants to be right, guys. Guys. Um, and he always says, yeah, I've been right. I've been wrong maybe once or twice in my whole life. So on a serious note, I just realized something. This is serious stuff. <laughs> serious pedo. No, but serious, babe. I just saw the Red Cross, and it made me think of Brother Derek. I know. Uh, Brother Derek, who gifted us that beautiful, beautiful cross, that one right there, his dad passed. Um, and I don't from, even know if you... COVID, right? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, because the whole family yeah, had the whole it. Family. He's in New Mexico. Um... I don't even know if he watches these. I know he'll watch the sermons and stuff. He watches them sometimes. 
And uh, man, um, I didn't know it was that that you know far along. And then he posted today. Yeah. You know, so man, our deepest condolences to Brother Derek. He's a uh, he's a good brother, man. A little rough around the corners, you know. But hey, man, that's New Mexico. You know rough what I mean? Rough around the edges. Oh yeah, rough around the edges. Around the corners, I'm like, what? Rough around the edges, yeah. but I mean, that's that's the culture there. You know what I mean? He's mm-hmm. he's out there and hunting animals and teaching his kids how to slaughter them and cowboy boots and a and a hat and but yeah, man, uh, man, I, that was really sad when I when I saw that. Yeah. You know, and I just I thought of it because I'm just like, man, that's the cross that he gave us. He's a good brother. I'm praying for a a, a wife who's uh, rough around the edges. She's got to be. For she him. has to be rough around the edges for him because yeah. he's he's a good brother. He's a he's a he's about my age. Huh? Yeah, he's about your age. You know, yeah. you know. Hey, if you're a a good woman of God who's rough around the edges. Don't mind a brother who's rough around the edges, man. I'm going to be praying for you, man, yeah. because um, you want a man that goes out and hunts animals and guts them in front and <laughs> guts them and cooks them. Who's rough around the edges, man? <laughs> then you're the one. Yeah, he's, he's a good-looking brother, man. So yeah, I, I would say definitely um, you're the one. You're the one we've been praying for for him. <laughs> Yeah. I will definitely set you guys up. <laughs> yeah. Need a tough yeah. skin, though. Yeah, you sure do. But that's fine, because there, there's a lot of sisters that have a tough skin that they're like, man, what's all these weak men doing around? That's right. <laughs> that's right. You know what? But but it's important. I think, you know, um, you know, you, you got you to gotta be a woman with... See, there's a, there's a big difference, though, honey. It's, it's important to be a, a woman who, who's tough. Yeah. Who's tough and and that is bold and confident and everything, but see that when you when you walk into your into your place of refuge when you walk into your home, all that stuff got to stay outdoors, you know, because there's a time and a place for all that stuff, and um, you know when when you're in your home and everything, and you you're in a marriage. Um, there's there's a time and a place for for the man to 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 become that you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It's in the world where we gotta where we gotta be bold and where we gotta be. But in our home, is where we're allowed to um, we're allowed to be uh, we're allowed to put our defenses down and be vulnerable. You know, with with our husbands because they're the ones that that you know have the strength to. Um, you know, to overcome the things where we can be, okay, you know, it's time for us to not have to be defensive and not have to be, you know, because they're our strength. They're the ones that take care of us. And I think that's important. And it's not that we're weak or anything. It's just that we no longer have to put that, you know, put that, you know, defense up anymore because Mm -hmm. our husbands are the ones that are are there to protect us, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and to be the one, the head of the household. And, and that doesn't make us weak or anything, you know, there's, there's a place for all that. Yeah, you know our our home is our is our our place where, man, it's our safety zone. I believe. I think we were just talking about meekness a little while ago too. Yeah, yeah. I'll never forget the out of all the videos that he does, the one he had a deer hanging dead upside down mm-hmm. in his garage or something, and his kids are there, and he goes, "This is how you do it." He takes this knife and guts it right in half, <laughs> and the kid, little kids are there, and they're just learning. Yeah, and and, and they he preps the meat so they and then they barbecue it yeah or whatever it is he does i don't know what he does 
All I know is that he said, when you guys come, I'm going to have a big old barbecue for you All guys. I know is that the carnitas and everything look really good right after. When he makes them chicharrones. Mm-hmm. Sure does. Sure does. Anyways, guys, um, there was a couple questions that were almost similar. But before you okay. continue, um, but definitely keep the, the Garcia family, right? Is Garcia the, the dad's name? Yeah. Yeah, the Garcia family in prayer. Um, keep them in prayer, guys, you know, because it's it's never easy when we lose uh, loved ones. But keep that family in prayer. Amen. As well, I got to say, Anthony de la Garza, continue to keep him in prayer. Yeah. And everybody, everybody that's yeah. out there, guys. I spoke to um, Pastor Lydia this morning, and, mm -hmm. and she was sounding... Um, so much better and um al you know still going through a body aches and stuff but yeah. you know they're both doing so much better so i praise god for that yeah and a lot of our families are, are mm -hmm. starting to come out of it and and getting better but i believe that you know um this wave you know i believe that it's a wave that is just sweeping through yeah. right now um and just in general you know and and i believe that mm -hmm. a lot of people are just coming through it you know Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So go ahead, honey. Yeah. No, yeah. We had a great time too today. Our granddaughters visited. Oldest daughter visited. And, um, well, here to Stockton because we actually met them somewhere and spent some time with them. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, they were, they were coming because I hadn't seen them for my birthday. Mm -hmm. And they came and we ended up taking them to eat. Mm -hmm. And man, the little girls, they wanted pizza. <laughs> And then I took him to get a cookie. Man, that little baby was just tearing that cookie up. Yeah. Yeah. She had yeah. so much fun, but I think she got tired out. And mm -hmm. um, I guarantee she knocked out on the way home. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. But that was a, I had a great time. Yeah, it was beautiful. They gave me um, a pack of Star Wars socks <laughs> and Uno cards, the Star Wars Uno cards. Yeah. She yeah. can't wait to, Bella can't wait to play with them with yeah. you. So she knows how to play Uno then, huh? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So guys, um, we asked you guys, you know, if you have a question to send it in at relevantbibletalk at gmail.com. And we do have two questions that we're going to answer at the same time because they're similar. Mm -hmm. Similar, you know, because they're both asking about baptism, actually. And um, where's the first one? Is that I, I realize, are these the same questions, these two? Yeah, it was those two. Yeah, it was those two. Okay, um, but they're actually the same person. Oh, no wonder they're similar. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, they're the, I can't read they're the same person. That's All why right. it's similar. Oh, no, no, this other one too. Rafael and then Jose and Jose. So okay. there are three emails, two different people. Okay. Yeah, so one person. So the first one, um, I'm going to read all the questions first, I think. Let me see. Um, this person, uh, Brother Jose, said, for example, he was baptized as an infant, and when he grew up and had kids, I waited till they got older to baptize him. So my question is, can someone get baptized more than once in the same religion or say Catholic to Christian or vice versa? Good question. Let me see the other ones before I, because it might be in the same... Okay, this one's a different question. Was Peter crucified on the cross upside down? And if yes, why? Why do you even read that one? It's yeah, not time for that one yet. It's not time for that one. It was the same person, that's why. Okay, here's the one that's similar. 
Uh, I have a question. I'd like you guys didn't hear that one yet. He says, I grew up in a Catholic family. I was baptized young and plan to get married in the future. But does the Bible say anything about the sacrament of First Holy Communion and Confirmation? I now only believe in Jesus and not in religion. And somehow my family likes to argue or disagree with me about what I learned. Okay, so those are actually three different questions. So let's just... Uh... Yeah. Well, because he says baptized young and whatnot. The reason... I don't mind answering these two. Okay. Because they're not really, really long, long answers okay. anyways. So I, I need to look at it, though. Okay. I'll hold it here. Okay. Um, the first one uh, about being baptized as an infant and now can someone get baptized more than once in the same religion? Or say Catholic to Christian, and the answer, first off, the answer is yes, you can be baptized more than once, and I'll give you a reason why, and I'll tell you why. Um, first of all, baptism is actually a Greek word. Let's start there. And the word baptism, when you say baptism, it's baptismal, which means to fully immerse. That's what it means, to mm -hmm. dunk fully immersed, to be uh, complete, completely under that liquid or whatever it is, right? So if you were baptized as a baby, you were not fully immersed. So that's the first thing. The actual word baptism means to be fully immersed. The second thing is in the Bible, it actually has one requirement for being baptized. It's the only requirement in the whole Bible, right? And that re one require actually, I have my Bible right here. I don't know where my Bible was, but I grabbed this one. And, um, which I should have grabbed mine because I'm not going to be able to find it on here. I don't know where mine's at. Guys, I'm going to pause this. My bag's this. right next to you. No, but I had mine somewhere. It's in my bag. Mine is? I thought I took it out. No? Oh, did I, I put it back in there? I don't know. I don't know, know. guys. Go look for your bag. Let me stop this. Hold on. Sorry about that. I had grabbed this Bible, but um, my personal Bible is the one that's marked up, and I thought I'd be able to see it here. But anyways, guys, in the book of Acts, chapter 8, um, let's see, verse 37. Okay. Acts 8. It might probably start off in the message a little earlier than 37, but that's okay. We'll, we'll do that part, too. Acts, what? Acts 8. Maybe 37, 37, but whatever's bunched up with it is fine. 33 to 37. Okay, that's fine. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and read it in the New King James, 833 to 37. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away, and who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. Basically, it's Old Testament being Acts quoted. Acts 6? Acts 8. Oh, it took me to the wrong one. I'm sorry. Oh. 37. Sorry about that. So what's it bunched up with? 36, 37, 36 30? and 39. That makes more sense. Okay. Okay. So 36 says, Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. I'll explain what's going on after we read it. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. 
38, so he commanded the chariot to stand still, and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized them. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Okay. David reads out of the New King James. I'll be reading out of the message. As they continued down the road, they came to a stream of water. The eunuch said, here's water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the chariot to stop. They both went down to the water and Philip baptized him on the spot. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of God suddenly took Philip off. And that was the last the eunuch saw of him. But he didn't mind. He had what he'd come for and went on down the road as happy as he could be. Okay. Why do I bring this up? This passage here is the only biblical scripture we find with the requirement of being baptized. It doesn't say you got to take a class. It doesn't say you got to take a whole semester of a lesson. The eunuch says, so basically what was happening was this Ethiopian eunuch was reading the scriptures and Philip, the Holy Spirit led Philip to him. And he noticed the eunuch was reading the scriptures, and the and, and Philip says, "Do you know what you're reading?" And the Ethiopian was like, "How can I know unless somebody tells me?" Yeah. So he sat with him and read with him the book of Isaiah. So then he shares about Jesus with him, right? And they must have been passing by a lake or a river or something, and um, well, most likely a river because of the Jordan River that went through Israel. And the eunuch says. Hey, Philip, um, you're sharing me, Jesus. Here's water. Yeah. What stops me from being baptized? So here's the question. This is the requirement. He answers him and said, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. That's the requirement. To believe in Jesus with all of your heart. So, as a baby, there's no way you could believe with all of your heart. There's no way you could confess that. Nor were you fully immersed. If you notice, if you keep going down, it says when they did go into the water, and it says he went down into the water and baptized him. Now, when they came up out of the water, full immersion. Yeah. So, there it is there. Have I baptized Christians before that had been baptized before, but they walked wayward, they left the Lord, they, you know, yeah, I have. Because I said, in all honesty, if you had been baptized for reals the first time, you wouldn't have went back to the world. Yeah. You know, so, and I kind of joke, but I'm serious when I say this, I said, if you got baptized before and you went back to the world, you didn't get baptized, my friend. You just got wet. So now with the full understanding of who it is Jesus is, do you believe him with all of your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your might? Do you understand that you are being baptized into his death and rising into his resurrection? Now let's baptize you. So in actuality, I believe he's baptized once, but he could have. I've, I've, I've baptized people that said, man, 
I've been messing up for the last 20 years. I've been baptized like five times. Yeah. But they just continue to go to the world, continue to go to the world, continue to go to the world. So I think that answers that question. Yeah. Right? And I believe a lot of a lot of people, I've seen a lot of people recently who have come to know their true identity in Christ mm -hmm. be re-baptized, re you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, because um, you know, a lot of people have been serving only knowing um having a relationship and not knowing who they are truly in Christ, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, baptism guys, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing, but it's not a lot of times people just make it symbolic. Like, oh, let's get baptized in front of the church so the church knows that I'm a member of the church now or whatever it is and it's so much more than that do you yeah. realize and understand that um once you die it's a representation of you dying to your old self and if there's any demonic influence is there if, if there's any demonic oppression that oppression um does not stay on the dead body it keeps it moving so you were basically saying everything that i was I'm going to die to that, and I'm going to rise in Christ as a new person. Mm. You know, So um, I think baptism is so much more important than just symbolism. It is a symbol unto God that you're dedicating yourself to Him. It is a symbol to the church that you are becoming a member of the kingdom of God. But it's also saying something very loud to the enemy. I don't belong to you anymore. Yeah. I die to everything you know about me. I die to that. Yeah, you're breaking. You're breaking um, all that oppression. You're everything, breaking yeah. everything. Yeah, everything. If you have that understanding, though, you got to know that because if not, then you're just getting wet. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, I think that's that's it. Uh, what was the second one? Or you just wanted to get to that one because the other one mentioned baptism. Yeah, that's why I kind of wanted to bunch them both together. Yeah, the top one. Um, I had a question, so I grew up in a Catholic church. I was baptized young and get and plan to get married in the future, but does the Bible say anything about the sacrament? Okay, first Holy Communion and Confirmation. The Bible does not talk about anything about Holy Communion and nothing about Confirmation. Um, that is something that happened in the Catholic church and became tradition hundreds of years later after, after Jesus. So, uh, but I'm glad you asked that question. You know, there's nothing to argue with. I wouldn't argue with family about those things. Um, honestly, you're not going to win them over like that. Uh, the best thing you can do is to be a living example of a Christian. Yeah. Be a living example. Be that example. And it might take a while, but you know what? A lot of times, you know, it, it's it's your words and they feel like they're being attacked, you know. But in all honesty, um I would never argue with anybody, but I have done this. I have challenged conversations with, with Catholics before, especially in prison, because there's so many different um, religious beliefs in there. I've met some, some people that they were Catholic, great, great, great guys, you know what I mean? Um, they, they would give you a soup if you didn't have one. They, they would um, watch your back. So I had no beef with them, you know, but a lot of times they would kind of um, ask questions. And here's what I always did, and I'm not saying you do the same, but this is what I always did, because if I showed them my Bible, for some reason, they thought my Bible was different than theirs. So I would always tell Catholic brother, I'd be like, hey, if you really want to know the answer, or at least what you consider my opinion about this, 
can you bring your Catholic Bible out? Let's look at your Bible. I want you to read some scripture, scriptures out of your Catholic Bible. And um, a lot of times when I tell them what scripture to read, they're surprised. They're very surprised because they're like, this has been in my Bible the whole time. I said, yeah, a lot of the answers that you have, a lot of the questions that you are seeking about the Catholic Church have been in that very book you hold in your hand that's in your locker right now. I said, so, I said, I would never ask anybody to leave anything. What I would ask you to do is to read your Bible and let conviction come in and let correction come in. Let the Bible be the, the governing thing, not tradition, not what a preacher, pastor, evangelist, priest, pope, or anybody says. What does the Word of God say that you have right there? Let that lead your heart. You know, and um, I think that's very key and very important. It is, but it doesn't work out like that for, for everybody I know. to be able to, um, to point out or to speak out, you know, because I, I firsthand, David grew up in a Christian home. Um, David grew up around Christian family. Um, so I think your your situation's a little bit different, you know. Yeah. Well, I was um, talking about prison where people were very, yeah, very, yeah. But it, it's yeah. it's it's a lot different when you say when they make you feel um, when they make you feel a certain way as a, when you you know as opposed to actually going through it um, because it it hurts. It hurts when you're when you're when it's actually, a loved one. Yeah. It, it really, really hurts yeah. when, when, you know, it's, it's the family, your family that you love, when it's your mother, when it's your sisters, when it's, you know, your, your aunts, you know, when it's your siblings, when it's people that you love, you know, that um, turn their back on you, when they hurt you. Because words, words hurt sometimes even harder than the hit, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and, it's, and it's very, very hard. Um, and you've seen it firsthand through through my family, yeah. you know. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I think that it's, it's what makes it double hard is um, if they're unwilling to even hear you out. Yeah. That that's I think I think there's a deeper root to that because if you say you know what once and for all let's lay it down, bring out your Catholic Bible. I, I have a feeling. I have a feeling they won't. But but see, that's what I'm trying to say mm -hmm. is sometimes that it's it's not even about them bringing anything out. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, ultimately, what you need to do is practice patience, um, and ultimately, it's it's love that conquers that conquers um, everything, and and the love of God and patience, mm -hmm. and and it's going to be hard. You know, the walk is going to be hard. Sometimes it's going to be a very lonely walk. But the thing is, is that you have to lead by example, ultimately. And that's, that's mm -hmm. it. You will have to stay strong. You will have to be strong and lead by example. And there's going to be those times where um, it's going to get very, very lonely. But you got to remember that, you know, um, that... God is always on your side and and in those lonely moments that you got to seek you got to seek to to the one who fills those lonely times you got to seek to the one who 
well, you know, when, when your heart is feeling that way, that he provides, you know, the, he provides and sustains you in, in all ways, you know, and man, um, there was so many times I, I can't even begin telling you, there was so many times when I felt that way. And, and, you know, it was my husband that would, that would remind me, you know, like, you know, I know it's hard, but you know, you just got to stay focused. You got to stay focused. And, and guys, it took a long time. It took many years sometimes where to where my family wasn't talking to me or, or my sisters, you know, and, and it was only love and through exemplifying who Christ was through me, um, that built those relationships again. And I'm very careful. I'm very, very careful. Trust me. I'm very careful in, and keeping keeping my distance, but then loving them and making sure that that I lead by example. But um, I'm I'm very careful in everything that I do, so that I make sure that I'm always watching what I say, watching what I speak, and not I'm not saying by walking on eggshells either, guys. And that's not what I'm. That's not what I mean. What I mean is that I'm always very careful and the example that I lead for my family, because it's important that we lead by example. And trust me, um, it's very, very important, you know, it, because the enemy will try to use anything. He'll try to use anything to try to um, get you to get your family to be like, oh, look it, you know, um, you know, try to get your kids against you. He'll try to get your family against you in any way. He'll use anything that he can, trust me, yeah. in any way. And you, you don't want that to ever happen. So, yeah, it, it, I know it's hard, but you got to have the patience and you got to and you got to lead by example. What you can't do is is make it a I'm going to win, you're going to lose yeah. because this is not about you winning. This is about Jesus winning. Yes, his reward. Yeah, this is about Jesus winning, guys. You know, and you got to understand that people can be very deeply ingrained in their belief systems. Yeah. And this is not even just Catholic. This is everywhere. Yeah. This is everything. There's there's Christians that I meet that are so ingrained into stuff that is not even scriptural that sometimes I don't even bother arguing about it. I, for what? You know what I mean? Because it's so deeply ingrained. I can preach something and preach something. I'll be like, show me in scripture where it says this. You know, there there are Christian churches where they say that men can't wear shorts. And I'm like, shorts didn't even exist in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Or women have to wear dresses, can't wear pants, or women can't cut their hair, or men can't, uh, they can't wear a necklace, but they can wear a Rolex. Like, it's just... Uh, it's not just Catholic, There's so, and it's so deeply ingrained that it will start an argument. And I'm like, I'm not even trying to argue with you. I'm just like, why are you adding to the Word of God? Simple as that. Just why are you adding? You know, because you know what that does? And this is where it damages people. Is when you're trying to lead people to the Lord, and you, 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 you get them free from all the worldly weight and then you put twice as much weight of religion on their shoulders you know jesus is not trying to make it harder to reach people he's making it easier because he already paid for it yeah he already paid for it 
You know, and so, but, you know, when you, when you have a deeply ingrained Catholic, Catholic family, it's going to be rough. I'm telling you right now, you're going to have, it's going to be a rough uphill battle. It really is, you know, because it's so deeply ingrained. And a lot of people, especially Latino people, they feel like, well, my mom was Catholic, my grandpa was Catholic, and and they they believe that. And here's what's, here's what's crazy about it, to be honest with you, because if you really, truly learn history, do you know that Catholicism was forced? It was forced on the indigenous people of Mexico and Central America. It was forced on them. They came and forced Catholicism on them. Actually, even forced Spanish. Because people, like, I know here in, in, in California, like, if... Uh, not all the time, but like say like myself, I don't speak 100% fluent Spanish. And somebody might say, like, don't talk to me in English, talk to me in Spanish. That's our native. And I'm like, actually, 500 years ago, you were forced to speak it. Mm. <laughs> because we spoke dialects in Mexico and in Honduras and in El Salvador. The Spanish language is from Spain. That language was forced on our people. And Catholicism was forced force on our people you know and um you know and, and but guys it usually never gets that deep because <laughs> they ain't trying to hear that yeah they're not trying to hear that you know and, and it's unfortunate but we continue to pray um i believe there's a lot of demonic or demonic strongholds of religion that hold people to that and um and it gets ugly man a lot of times the nicest person the nicest, sweetest person in your family, the moment you talk or say anything about anything about the Pope or about, and not even something horrible, just just anything, my God, stuff starts to manifest, you know? And it's not, it's not, it's not a good thing, man, because these are, this is your family. These yeah. are people you love, you know? And if you're going to be mad at anybody, be mad at the enemy. Yeah. Because the enemy blinds. And the enemy wraps and, and clouds people's vision and clouds people's minds. And ultimately, your family member that is coming against you is not your enemy. Yeah. Jesus died for them. It's the enemy that's blinding them, guys. So yeah. keep that in mind. Always keep that in mind. And yeah. if you keep that in mind, you don't make them your enemy because it's not yeah. about winning, a, winning an argument. Yeah. Be gentle. Be gentle with our hearts, guys. Mm -hmm. You know, um, just always remember that treat their hearts like it, if it's if it's the heart of Jesus because that that is their hearts are are the hearts of Jesus you know and it belongs to him all their hearts belong to him and and treat it as so you know and and just be gentle with it mm -hmm. you know um, just always remember that we we always got to be gentle with our hearts because ultimately, ultimately, that if, if we're a good example, if we're a good example and we lead them in the right direction, then that heart will be, you know, their salvation will be for the kingdom of heaven. And we just got to we just got to be gentle and meek with our hearts and just, you know, just be gentle with them, guys, yeah. you know, um, give them some grace because they, they don't know. You know, they're yeah. they're blind and um, we got to lead the way. We really do. Yeah, I think 
I, I just thought of this. It just came to my mind right now. And only, I feel like the Holy Spirit told me to say this right now. Um, because you got to start, start when you talk to a, a, a Catholic family member, you got to start where you agree, not where you disagree. Yeah, all the time. Because I'll, I'll give you an example. Ask a Catholic, do you believe in Jesus? They're going to say yes. Do you believe that he was born of the Virgin Mary? They're going to say yes. Do you believe that he died on the cross? They're going to say yes. Do you believe he resurrected from the dead? They're going to say yes. So you start where you agree. Mm -hmm. You know, and I want to end this in the book of Acts, babe. If you go to Acts... Um, there was something that Paul did in Acts 17. Okay, Acts 17. Yeah, let's see. Um, maybe verse uh, 18? 18. Let's see what it's bunched up with. 17 and 18. 17, 18. Okay. We're going to read a little further than that, but I, I really want to show you this. I... This is important. Um, it says, Therefore he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews, to, it's talking about Paul, and with the Gentile worshipers, and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, What does this babbler want to say? And others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign gods, because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. That's 17 and 18, right? No, you can go a little bit more. Oh, is that yeah. it? Okay. So, he discussed it with the Jews and other like-minded people at their meeting place, and every day he went out on the streets and talked with anyone that hap who happened along. He got to know some of the Epicurean and Stoic intellectuals pretty well through these conversations. Some of them dismissed him with sarcasm. What a moron. But others listening to him go on about Jesus and the resurrection okay. were... Oh, I'm sorry. We're intrigued. That's a new slant on the gods. Tell us more. Okay. So this story, okay, I want to set the stage that Paul would go and he would go to the synagogue, because that's like the Jewish church, and he would talk about Jesus. And then he'd go to the marqueta, to the flea market, to the, the where everybody's selling, and he would talk about Jesus. Anybody that would walk by, he would talk about Jesus. And then he would approach the philosophers, because in, in Greece, they love to... Uh, philosophy and all this stuff. So he started, and some of them were like, man, what's this guy talking about? And others were like, huh, let, let us hear more about what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, so now in 19, 19 is bunched with what? 21. It says, and they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, may we know what this new doctrine is of which you speak? For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. 21. Right? Yeah, to 21. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time in nothing else but either to tell or to hear some new thing. These people got together and asked him to make a public presentation over at the Areopagus, where things were a little quieter, they said. This is a new one on us. We've never heard anything quite like it. Where did you come up with this anyways? Explain it so we can understand. Downtown Athens was a great place for gossip. There were always people hanging around, native and tourists alike, waiting for the latest tidbit on most 
on most anything. So these Greeks, they love talking about philosophy and new ideas and all this and that. So nosy. Like, yeah. So they're like, man, why are you <laughs> why are you sharing this in the marketplace? There's a smells like fish and you should be and, sharing it here. And goats and lambs here. So they took him to the Areopagus, where all these philosophers were there, and and I imagine it like all these college professors, and that's、yeah. where they like to hang out and try to outsmart each other, basically. So he goes there, right? Because they always wanted to hear the new thing, and this is the part I want to get to. In verse twenty-two, I don't know where twenty-two and twenty-three. Okay, it says, "Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus, and said, 'Men of Athens.'" I perceive that in all things you are very religious, for as I was passing through and considering the objects of your worship, I even found an altar with this inscription: "To the unknown God." Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you: God, who made the world and everything in it, since He is Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands, nor is He worshipped with men's hands as though He needed anything, since He gives. To all life, breath, and all things, and He has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling. Anyways, He He used something of theirs to present Jesus in the way they would receive it.、Mm. So Paul took his stand in the open space at the Areopagus and laid it out for them. It is plain to see that you Athenians take your religion seriously. When I arrived here the other day, I was fascinated with all the shrines I came across, and then I found one inscribed to the god nobody knows. I'm here to introduce you to this god so you can worship intelligently and know who you are dealing with. The god who made the world and everything in it, this master of sky and land, doesn't live in custom-made shrines or need the human race to run errands for him. To run. To run errands, sons for him, as he could take care of himself. He makes the creatures; the creatures don't make him.、Mm. Starting from scratch, he made the entire human race and made the earth hospitable, with plenty of time and space for living, so we could seek after God. And not just grope around in the dark, but actually find him. He doesn't play hide and seek with us. He's not remote. He's near. We live and move in him. Can't get away from him. One of your poets said it well. We're the God. We're the God created. Well, if we are the God created, it doesn't make a lot of sense to think we could hire a sculptor to chisel a god out of stone for us, does it? Right there. I love this. I love this example because Paul, instead of attacking their religion,、yeah. he noticed that there was. Here's the thing: that the Greek people were very religious. They were so religious that they wanted to make sure they gave honor to every single god. That even in case they forgot a god, they made a statue without a statue, and it just said, "This altar is to the unknown god," because they were so religious. Just in case. Just in, so that、yeah. means they were very reverent to God. Yeah, and Paul used that. Paul says, "Hmm, how can I reach their hearts?" And it, and what he does first is he he actually、um, gives them an encouragement. He's like, "Wow, I see that you guys are very religious, even to the point where you even made an altar for the unknown god. Let me share with you this god you don't know yet." <laughs> and he started to share about Jesus. He reached them. 
where they agreed. Yeah. And he took it from there. And maybe we need to take an example of Paul when we talk to our Catholic friends. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's some wisdom, guys. Um, that is not what I had in mind. I truly feel like the, that the Holy Ghost just gave that to me and dropped that in me right now because that makes more sense than anything else. Yeah, it's like agree to disagree. You know, you mm -hmm. can't, we can't sit there and always, a lot of the times, you know, um, I think we've said it all the time that we can't sit there and, and, and sit them and hit them over with a, with the Bible all the time and, and to, and to constantly make them feel bad and constantly mm -hmm. debate or do any of that. You got to meet them where they're at and just love them through things and love them and, um, and let the Lord just do things organically. Yeah. You know, you got to let everything happen organically and just mm -hmm. be the example. If you just lead by example, the Lord will do everything else. Yeah. You know, befriend them. You know, I say this by example. You know, if you, you know, I, I'm just going to use this as an example. Um, if you just spend some time with them, go have coffee, you know, um, maybe just take the time to go somewhere, um, share your heart with them, you know, and maybe give a gift sometime, go shopping with that family member, spend laughter with them, spend joy with them, go for walks, you know, go do exercise. Um, don't, don't let your conversations always be about, you know, always like, oh, well, you're a sinner and you're this, you yeah. know, you shouldn't be doing that. You shouldn't be drinking. You shouldn't be this. You shouldn't, it's not always, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be because God sees this. Don't, don't do that. Don't sit there and criticize all the time. Don't sit there and judge all the time. Don't be that 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 Christian that's constantly judging and judging and judging and judging like you should go to church. When are you going to go to church? Are you going to go to my church again? Don't do that. You know, you know, um when are you going to go to church? You should go to that church. You should go to my church. You should go to da, da, da. No. Because you know what? What they're good the first thing they're going to do is they're going to run from you. Yeah. They're never going to want to be around you. Never. They're always going to be like, oh, my God, is she calling me again? Is she, you know, just don't, you know, yeah. instead, just, you know, let them look for you. Because trust me, that day will come when they're going to come to you and be like, you know what? Do you think I can go to church with you? Hmm. That day will come when they're going to call you and be like, hey, you know, sis, do you think I can go to church with you today? You know, once in a while, just, you know, maybe get a really good book and just be like, hey, you know, I was thinking about you and I found this really, really good book I thought you'd really love. Write a little scripture in there and give them a really note. You know what? I love you and da-da-da, whatever, whatever the Lord leads you and give them that book, a book that, you know, that the Lord is really, you know, giving you, that has given, that the Lord has given to you to give to them and just give it to them and write something special in there and give it to them. Once in a while, give them something that, that, that the Lord is directing you to give to them and give it to them. Yeah. That's how you're, it's gonna happen organically. Mm -hmm. You know, another, another good way too, is if you get a Catholic loved one to open their Bible. Not just Catholic, in any, in anybody. Any, anybody. But since we, that, that was the question directed at. Yeah. But anybody non-believer, atheist, anybody. Instead of 
spitting out verses at them. Have them read the verse. Or even better yet, if you really have time, whether it's one time or over, you know, be like, you know what? Can you agree to, to read the Gospel of John with me? And what you do is that after you read it or they read it, let them tell you what that scripture is saying. Because here's the thing, right? Is that the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to give light, not us. You know? So a lot of times, and let's say it's not, you don't have that time. Let's say you're just in a conversation and be like, listen, read this verse. Can you tell me what that says? And a lot of times as they say it and as they explain it, boom, a light turns on. I mean, there's all kinds of scenarios, guys. There's no way we could cover every scenario on a video like this. But hopefully we're giving you some ideas. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, you know, I, I tend to think that maybe one day, who knows, maybe it'll happen the day that I'm gone to be home with the Lord, you know, that my kids will maybe watch these videos, you know, who knows. But um, and if they do, praise God. If they do, maybe maybe the day that I do go home to be with the Lord, they'll be like, you know what, I want to hear my mom's voice. And and maybe this will be the way that they get saved, you know, my older kids, you know, and they, they come to know the Lord because they're like, they want to hear mom's voice and they end up listening to every single devotion and they end up hearing these videos. But you know what? Um, you know, my oldest son is... is half Armenian and um he it was it was a really really different situation when I when um he just got married and it was a whole different it was a culture shock for me guys going to his wedding and everything um but you know his his wife is is Armenian full Armenian and um and it was it was completely you want water babe oh I didn't know where it was. yeah I had some it was mine. Was oh, there. sorry, I took your water. But um, guys, you know, I I'm not going to sit there and um, and push, you know, Christianity on 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 them or on her or anything like that. And I remember, as you guys know, throughout the whole wedding and everything, it was, you know, it was a whole new thing for me and everything. But right now when he went through, um, he had an accident with his eye. And, and when I went over there, I think th them seeing, you know, me pray the way that I pray and all of that, it was kind of new to them and everything. And it was, it was unexpected for her family to kind of see my method of praying and, and, and just, you know, the way I do things. But, you know, I, I left, I bought her and him a Bible. Remember, we bought him a Bible. And, um, and I got some really nice uh, Christian books for her to read. And, you know, I didn't say like, you know, well, here, you know, you need to read these or anything. All I did is I left them, I wrote some nice little inscription in it, and I left them on her, on her kitchen table. And it really made me feel so good to my heart to know that, as I was going to sleep one day in their house, um, I seen her in her bedroom and she was reading them. And that made my heart feel really, really good because I found out that she had been reading them and she actually finished one or two of the books. And that was special, guys, you know, and I praise God for that because 
I didn't have to sit there and, and, you know, and, you know, tell her, you know, you should read these and da, 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 and, you know, and, and have to do any of that. Um, all I did was just leave them there. And I prayed and asked the Lord, Lord, I just pray that, you know, she pick up these books and find encouragement in them, Lord, and that, you know, they draw closer to you. And, and that's it. And I prayed for my son's heart to soften. And I, and I believe that that's what I'm seeing in my son. I'm seeing my son's heart soften um, throughout this whole situation that, that is happening with him. And I'm, I'm just seeing change in him completely. And, you know, and that's what I praise God for, because you know what? All I had to do was just step away and give the whole situation to the Lord and he takes care of the rest. And sometimes that's what we need to do with our loved ones and our families is have patience, give it over to surrender it all to the Lord. And he takes care of everything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the reason why things can't be done, guys, a lot of the times we sit there and we say, Lord, how come I'm not seeing change? How come I'm not seeing anything happen? It's because we're the ones that are in the way. We try to do things. We try to be the ones to, to take care of things. And we try to handle it ourselves. And sometimes we're the ones that are in the way. And God's saying, I need you to move. Get out of the way. Yeah. You need to stop trying to... Um, be in the way and he's saying get out of the way so that i can do what i need to do so guys you know what step out of the way and let god do what he needs to do let go and it's that saying everybody says let go and let god it's the truth let go and let god let him do what he needs to do you no matter how much you love that person i'm gonna break it to you you cannot change their heart no there is there is only one person that can change a man's heart or a woman's heart, and that is Christ. Yes. That is it. You know, so everything Sharon said, I agree with it a thousand percent. Because you are not, you or I cannot change nobody's heart. Ever. But man, the Holy Spirit knows how. Yeah. Because he knows their most intimate fears. Yeah. Their joys, their thoughts, their dreams, their fears. I mean, everything. Well, that's why, that's why when they say when there's a man who goes out and meets a woman who doesn't know the Lord or anything, and they think like, oh, well, I'm in, I met this woman, and I'm going to bring her to Christ. You can't, you can't bring her to Christ. You could share Christ. You can share Christ. You can, you know, you can do all of that. But if you think that you're going to convert, a lot of people say, well, I'm going to convert. No, you're not going to do any of that. You know, you can't do any of that. You can you can invite somebody to church, but you know what? Let me tell you that you can invite somebody to church, but you can't you cannot be the one to change somebody's heart. Yeah. You can't. It's impossible. It is impossible when somebody says that they're the ones that led them to, you know, it's because of me that she can No, it's not because of you. I'm sorry, you're not the hero. There's only one. There's only one hero. There's only one that can make change in somebody's heart. And that's Jesus. We're he, called to share him. It's, that's it. He's the, one, he's the one that transplants. He's the one that takes out the heart of stone. That's it. And puts it, the heart, puts it in the heart of flesh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. <laughs> I'm so sorry to burst your bubble. But if somebody's ever told you that it's because of you that, or it's because of you that, that you know, that they found God or something? No, I'm sorry, honey. It's not. It's not that way. It doesn't work that way. 
you know, it was it was Jesus that yeah. that did it. We it's like we can bring people to the Lord. We make the introduction, but the Lord has to do the rest. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I always used to tell David. Um, it was funny because I used to always, you know, we used to always have men's homes um, at my old church, and and I used to always hear some of the guys would be like. Oh, do they have, you know, when they would, you know, we'd go and we'd be like the men's homes. And when they would invite some of the men to come to the church, they'd be like, is there girls there? Is there girls there? And it'd be funny because I'd be like, I'd laugh because a lot of them would be like, you know, oh, yeah, sure, sure. We have girls. Remember, I'd tell you that they'd be like, yeah, they, they come for the wrong, but they stay for the right. Yeah. You know, because they think that they're coming to meet girls. But guess what? Once they're there. Oh, man, they get broken. They're broken. They end up coming for the wrong reason, but they end up staying for the right. And instead of meeting girls, they meet Jesus. They meet Jesus, and they end up staying for the right reason. They forget about the girls once they're there because once they're broken, that's it, you know? Yeah. They meet Jesus, and, and they stay for the right. And um, it's, it's the same thing, guys. There's only one. So that concludes today's video. Yes. God bless you so much. Thank you so much. Tomorrow is, well, today is Friday morning for you guys, so we're not going to see you until Sunday, uh, Sunday service. It's going to be an amazing service. Lord hasn't given you a message yet, but he always does. it'll be brewing. And it'll timely. be brewing. On time. Your mic's not even on. They can hear me. Yeah, but when you're touching it, it's going like, I didn't touch it. I thought I saw your hand no. on that part. I was right here. Okay. He's always, he's always blaming me for stuff, guys. I thought you were doing this. Watch. Now you're doing that to them right now. I know. They don't want to. Stop it. <laughs> Why are you being mean to them? All right, guys. See you Sunday morning. Be there. Or be square. Bye. Bye. Love you.